Hello, and welcome back to From the Heart Catholic Podcast, the official podcast for the Diocese of Salina. This is Jeff Andrews, Bill Mayer, Father Jerry Conradi, and we are the Three Bald Guys. This show is all about evangelization, education, and everything in between. Thanks for listening. All right, welcome back to season two. This is episode three of Three Bald Guys. Father Jarrett, can you open us with a prayer? Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your spirit, and they shall be created, and you shall renew the face of the earth. O God, who by the light of the Holy Spirit did instruct the hearts of the faithful, Grant by the same Holy Spirit we may be truly wise and ever enjoy his consolations through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Father. Hey, guys, check this out. We've got a brand new podcast room. If you would have been here a week ago, you would have seen 100 keyboards from 1987, maybe through 2004, uh, some monitors, some computer mouses. Mice? What do you call it? It's a giant storage closet. A giant storage closet, yeah. It's where I came in to sneak some HDMI cords whenever I needed one, so. I can't remember the last time I actually saw a mouse, like a computer mouse. I'm stuck on that. Is it mice? It is mice still, right? Multi, multi, the uh, plural of computer mouse would be computer mice. <laughs> yeah, I would go with, uh, I don't know. What do you mean you haven't seen a computer mouse, Bill? You work on a computer? You don't, you, you use well, the pad? I just pad? use the little pad thing. Oh, that's annoying. Yeah, I can't, yeah, no way. No. I am a, I need my hand yeah. on the mouse. No. Oh, gosh, we should have had no, that out. as a... You're if out. You, yeah, hey, if I'd have hey, known you were hey, a no mouse This time our podcast guy. is carried by AARP for you guys. Oh for us. No, whatever. <laughs> Man. You know, we got nice soundproofing in here now, and we have some little... Yeah, so, Matea, is this official soundproofing? Yeah. Uh, we don't have a camera in here, but we're all... Touching the walls. It's We're not like, all touching the walls. It's you are. Just me. You are, Jeff. Foam yeah. sound panels. It's actually pretty sweet. This is like a legit studio for recording. Yeah. For it sound does. Recording. Uh, except for the people in it recording. <laughs> it's all legit except for the actual recording going on. Reminds me of one of the schools that I worked at. We had a sensory room. And a lot of times, if you know, whenever you're kind of amped up as a kid and need, need a regulator, we had kind of a room to just relax in and it wasn't just for the kids. I'd find myself sometimes on a Thursday afternoon about 4 p.m. going in there and sitting by myself, and next thing I know, I'm touching the wall and playing with the water beads and whatever else I had in there to calm me down. But yeah. So, Matea, nice work. Also, shout out to Jeff Easter on yes. getting us that. So He put all the sound panels up. I just asked for it. Yeah. So. Well, this will sound good for our yes. 17 listeners that have been listening. We've grown in number from <laughs> 7 to 17. So, hey, with that said, guys, I'm going to go ahead and get us started here. We've got a guest, though, today. Welcome back. I guess not welcome back. Welcome, um, Father Brian McCaffrey, chaplain mm-hmm. at Sacred Heart Junior Senior High School, uh, associate pastor at St. Mary's Queen of the Universe. Am I correct in all that? Yes, yes. Yeah, and whatever other titles, I guess. That and he's, you have, a but... semi, he's a semi ball guy. So, I mean, I think it. I'm, I'm know, getting there. He's pretty close. He's definitely I'm, got the corner sneaking back. I think we have to have a certain clipper. We have a, a certain clipper number that allows you to uh, be a guest. <laughs> uh, if you use that particular length of I, clipper. I purposely shaved my head this morning because I was like, what if Matea decides to take a picture in this new podcast room? And I've got some fuzz on my head. Like, I'm truly not a bald guy. So, yeah, one of these true. days. You're truly legit today, Jeff. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, Father, back to uh, being part of the bald guys, Father Brian. Mm -hmm. When will you take the razor and just say, all right, I'm accepting this? I think when I lose more on top. 
but you're lying yeah. to yourself because uh, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm kidding. That's why I was, I think mine was like, wait, I could hang on to these and comb them over. I'm just going to go with it. So no, you're good. It's, it's a good look for you. We tend to talk about hair just about every episode, I think. Uh, <laughs> for, for guys who don't have a lot of it, it's amazing how we talk about it. It is. It is. <laughs> we're gonna, you were not brought on here just to talk about your hairline or lack thereof. Good, well, I was, I was going to say, I'm glad losing my hair wasn't for nothing. Like yeah. It actually got me on this, <laughs> on this prestigious yeah. podcast. <laughs> All right. Well, that brings us to our first topic. Giver or robber of energy? Was that a new bumper? A new bump thing, Matea? Man, that was like a... Well done. Chicka, chicka, check, y'all. That was... Man. All right. So we do, Father Brian, I don't know if you've listened to all of season one and parts of season two already. Do you want an honest answer to that? No. (laughs) I do not. Father Jarrett, do you want him to answer honestly to that? Uh, No, it's fine. It's fine. I mean, you know, there's a lot of people out there that that miss out on really amazing things that they could be doing and listening to. And I would just probably, I think Father Brian's probably in that category of missed out on just a treasure, really, ultimately, is season one of <laughs> three podcasts. I, I would expect you to go back to the high school today and say, hey, students, guess what? I was just a guest on Three Bald Guys. You should all give it a listen. Could you do that for us? I... Could yeah. okay. <laughs> we also be like, skip season one, but that third episode it starts getting exciting. Yeah, it's kind of like how I am with some of my TV shows. Just wait, take a couple episodes to get into it. So um, I'm not going to tell you what to put in your homily, but it would be nice to. I, you know, I, I can bump listeners from 17 up to 19. Good. <laughs> thank, thank you. you All right, our topic one: giver or robber of energy, gentlemen. What is something that either gave you energy this week or stole your energy? Father Brian McCaffrey, we're going to let you go last so that you can kind of think on this. He Thank saw you. the bus come in his direction, and <laughs> yeah. he's like, oh, no. <laughs> All right, uh, we're going to start with Father Jarrett. What a, yeah. gave you energy or stole your energy? All right, so you guys are going to make fun of me for this one, but... Um, I'll make yeah, fun of you for a lot of things. Absolutely not. Yeah. Uh, so as of late, I've, I've always talked about the health of the human person is made up of not only obviously relationships and our spiritual life and our connections to God, but also our physical. Uh, and so that's always been a big piece for me. And you do remember a, we talked about cheeseburgers on the last episode. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay, uh, sorry. What we eat is also part of that equation. But uh, as of lately, I've, I've picked up actually since I think Thanksgiving was the first time I did it. And since then, I've been playing a lot of pickleball. And uh, You're about the age. <laughs> I know oh, that's no, the, no, 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 no. Bill, the, the pickleball is awesome. I Yeah, get off. Yeah, Step back, Bill. One of the parents in my son's class, he's putting a pickleball court in his shop that he has. So I told him, Dr. Colksell, I know you're probably not listening, but we do expect an invite to this pickleball tournament sometime. Yeah, so it, the reality is, yeah, you th- it does have a stigma or a stereotype that it's just an old person's game, which they can play, but rarely do. The older people play singles pickleball, which is very different than doubles pickleball. You sound as far slightly as defensive. Right. <laughs> I am very defensive. We have to hide our paddles walking into the uh, into the <laughs> center. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, we're just gonna go work out and uh, lift some weights and play pickleball. But no, it's actually growing and uh, it's it's a lot of fun. It's kind of like mini mini tennis, or big ping pong, whatever you want to call it, but it's actually a like really, good work- <laughs> really good workout. And I know that's kind of a, a worldly thing, but I honestly do realize, I mean, I honestly do think that 
when I don't do something physical, when I don't um, push myself physically, uh, that I do notice it, even just in my own spirituality, my own draw to prayer and stuff. And so for me, it's actually been a great outlet, uh, working out, working off some of those uh, anxieties and such. Uh, so, And I think it, I mean, it's good fellowship with friends, too, because you can't sure. play by yourself. Yes, they're singles, but you have to have somebody to play against. And um, uh, yeah. I think it's good to be with friends. Yeah, it's been great. So... Bill, what's giving you energy or robbing your energy? I, I think uh, one of the things that's giving me energy right now is we, we talked about my seniors on our basketball team, but I think just seniors in general, it's really cool to watch seniors. like when they come Senior in. citizens? Or no, 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 no. We're not talking about the pickleball <laughs> league, okay? Uh, what, uh, but seniors in high school right now, and it's really cool to watch like freshmen and sophomores who are you know trying to figure out life and are a pain in your tail. They start to kind of change a little bit as juniors, and then as seniors, they become responsible almost and ready to go out and be men on their own or, or women on their own. And, uh, and so it's just exciting for me to watch, uh, like I've got a group of seniors on my team this year that is just really exciting to watch where they are now and how they're going to leave us and, and what they're going to go do. Um, but I think every school's got seniors that are kind of rounding that corner and starting to turn into adults. And, uh, I think it gives me hope for the future. Uh, because I think there's a lot of great kids coming out. I look at our college campuses and the kids that are on our college campuses, and uh, it gives me a lot of hope for the future, and, and so I think that's giving me a lot of energy right now. I do. The growth that happens from a ninth grader to a 12th grader is amazing, and then once those kids get, you know, past that, what whether they're at college or, you know, go to a career field, like that 18 to 22, again, is you're making huge gains. Father Brian, you're in year three as chaplain, year two. Year two. Year two as chaplain. So, I mean, three. <laughs> I mean, hoping we get you at least for another year. I guess that's not, not in my hands at all. But, I mean, you're going to see the kids that were, you know, freshman and sophomore your first year from even this year, you've probably seen big gains in them, right? Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, not just in their physical growth, but, you know, spiritual growth and how they're maturing. and. Yeah, absolutely. And that is one of the cool things to see, um, just how the kids mature and just like, hey, you're not quite who you were a year ago you know you've like you said you've grown so. I always say like if you were to judge 40 year old Jeff on 17 year old Jeff I'm a hundred percent sure I would not have this job <laughs> like if Bishop said go ahead and, uh tell me what high school is like I'd be like uh I don't think I can so um father what's uh robbing your energy or giving you energy this week uh this week um you know I'd say the thing that kind of gave me energy this week is um just my other friends in the presbyterate. I mean, um, so Father Jared, I don't know if you've talked about this before, but some of us young priests get together every once in a while just to hang out. And um, so as we record this, yesterday we were all together, um, or some of us were. And um, just Father Jared was playing pickleball. <laughs> he missed. <laughs> not true, not true. I was there. I was there. But, hang on, uh, can you uh, presbyterate? Tell me that. I, I'm a... What is that term? I'm oh, guessing sorry, group the, of the priests. The presbyterate is the, all of the priests of the Salina Diocese. I should have learned that term probably so are, before yes. year three. So we are presbyters is the actual, I don't even know what language uh, we're talking, but it's Greek, one of the root names names uh, for the priests, even in, a, in the biblical. Um, so presbyterate is the collection of presbyters. Hmm. Do you consider Father Jarrett still young enough to be in the young Obviously, What's he, it, already, but I'll, he no, already answered that, Bill. Before and after the pickleball story. <laughs> I don't want to answer this with him in the room. Okay, <laughs> that's fair enough. <laughs> what, like, is it get together for coffee or is it get together for the whole day? Yeah, it's get together for the day. Um, you know, some of us uh, will come the night before and we just kind of hang out, just talk, laugh, share stories, and it's just 
it's just a fun time, um, and it's really just a chance to share in fraternity and friendship and, you know, get out of the office and have fun, and it's just always a great time. About how many of you are part of these get-togethers? I mean, if, if everyone was there, it's basically everybody that has been invited that is basically ordained, <laughs> has been ordained after me. Like, you're like, uh, I don't... Well, I say, so there are some who have been ordained after me, which was 2005, so every mm-hmm. priest that's been ordained after that has sort of been invited or whatever, and some have shown up at various times to greater or lesser degree. Um, but as of now, like if everybody showed up, it would be probably 15 guys or something. But Yeah, that we, sounds about right. Yeah, we usually get, you know, I think yesterday we had maybe eight to, I think it was eight, wasn't it? Yeah, two groups of four. So, so. anyway, yeah, that just always gives me energy. So I'm just kind of have you guys off ever of that? Have you ever played pickleball during this <laughs> no. day? Oh, maybe you played should play spikeball. Oh, yeah. Yeah. that's a young hip sport. Bill, that is, is that yeah. young and yeah, that takes. That, that's okay with young you, Bill. Okay, yeah, I'm glad, <laughs> glad to get Bill's approval on that sport. <laughs> so, Father Brian McEver, I told you that I'd let you go last, and really I jumped in. So I guess I didn't, I didn't notice that. Yeah, yeah, sorry about that. Um, mine would probably be our teacher in services gave me energy. As weird as that sounds, um, February 20th, we usually do a spiritual renewal day where everybody came together in the diocese and we drive to Hayes and you never know what weather's going to be like in February. So we let the schools kind of take that on and they did a couple hours of uh, spiritual renewal with their teachers. So some schools, I think Father Kevin at St. Mary's Sacred Heart did a why we do what we do at Mass type Mass service with them in a Q&A. We had teachers from Beloit come to Salina for a day of renewal and had Father Darren May from the Wichita Diocese come and lead a day of prayer. Father Luke took his staff out and about and they toured a few parishes. So just really exciting day to know, yes, kids had the day off, but our teachers were not just growing, you know, academically and what they're going to do to engage students, but also in their own faith so they can carry that on. So uh, I thought that was really awesome. All right, uh, we get to our billion-dollar question time. It's time for the billion-dollar question. I love how we all got earphones on so we could hear what's going on, and we just stopped talking, and Father Brian's just looking around the room like, what are we waiting on? Oh, yeah, you you can't hear that Bob Barker soundtrack thing? I can't hear anything. Oh, man. It's not, it's just a game show. I guess I don't even know if we have the right to say Bob Barker or Price is Right, but... Probably not. Yeah. But, uh, so our billion-dollar question, so we're in between Valentine's Day and St. Patrick's Day. And I just thought it'd be fun to get your guys' take. I know that you're a Manhattan guy and a K-State guy, and fake patties is a big deal up there. Actually, Bill, I am a Manhattan guy. Oh, no, you're a KU guy. That's right. Oh, I forgot about that. But you are Manhattan, so you grew up in a little... At KU, we actually completely respect... St. Patrick's, oh, Patrick's Day. Of course you do. <laughs> and I know you were at uh, the Campus Center at, at K-State for a little yeah. bit. So yeah. just interesting to get you guys' take on, you know, first of all, what St. Valentine and St. Patrick would think of our celebrations and then just, you know, just your thoughts on it. So I don't know which one of you wants to go first, but looks like Father Jarrett. Uh, yeah, I was uh, I was thinking about this. I, I saw the question. <laughs> I don't know that I have a, a great answer. Um, I think as with as with all of the things that have their roots in Christianity and in Catholicism, um, they I think still hopefully in some capacity retain those things. Now Saint Valentine actually uh, when the when the liturgical calendar was changed, um, he kind of got stepped aside, and it's actually Saint Cyril and Methodius who are the martyrs on that day. Or no, they're not martyrs. Ah, uh, not martyrs. Not martyrs. No, martyrs. Yeah. Let's get that one. Um, but yeah, so St. Saint, Saint Cyril and Methodius actually 
take February 14th on the on the liturgical calendar, which actually was popular with the the single girls when I was in college at Benedictine. Uh, where they they had a St. Cyril and Methodius uh, club on, I, day you, you because they didn't have all dates. Single, eight, you know? All single so, girls in college are just grouped together. A Saint, well, at Benedictine, when I was there, they made a big deal about their St. Cyril and Methodius day That's because kind of they because cool they didn't want to have to focus on the fact that they didn't have boyfriends or whatever at the Am time. Am I the so. only one singing single ladies in my head? <laughs> yes, you no, are. Yes, right. yes, 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 you are. Absolutely. <laughs> Sorry. So uh, anyway, I, I think um, there's still some of those roots, and I see that in, in culture all over the place. Like we have roots, like Christian roots all over the place that perhaps don't get the acknowledgement that they should from the reality of the names of many of our cities. You know, I think some of the kids don't even realize, you know, San Francisco that's actually St. Francis. Uh, and so, so many of our roots in our faith that still exist that don't perhaps get the acknowledgement that they should, but there is still something valuable, I think, about the fact that, that it gets celebrated. Now, yeah, it's probably out of bounds in a lot of places in terms of it just being a, a drinking party like St. Patrick's Day or, or just a love Yeah, so love where party. on St. Patrick's breastplate did it say, and green beer? That was not included? I don't believe so. Okay. okay. No. No. Christ before me, Christ behind me, Christ in my beer. Christ yeah. uh, <laughs> no, I'm I don't sure know that that's part of the prayer. I was going to say, I'm sure somebody has tried to Christianize that I'm sure. <laughs> and throughout the years, but uh, uh, not that I'm aware of. No, no. So yeah, concerning uh, like Valentine's Day, there's a what is it? A meme that I always see pop up every year um, on Valentine's Day, and it's like a, a picture or an icon of Saint Valentine, and it says something like, "Roses are red, violets are blue." I was beaten with clubs, beheaded, buried under the cover of darkness, disinterred by my followers, and you celebrate my <laughs> martyrdom by giving each other candy, you know? And so, um, and so for, for me, like, yeah, it's kind of a joke, whatever, but I think, you know, like you said, Father Jarrett, um, uh, these saints are still being celebrated, or at least their names are being brought up in popular culture every year, which means like once a year, there is a chance to talk about St. Valentine and tell his story and, you know, um, you know, once a year, there, there is a chance to talk about St. Patrick's Day, or St. Patrick himself and actually tell his story and everything. And so, um, it's like the culture is bringing them up. So let's use that opportunity to tell the truth of them. That's always what I've said about like Christmas and the fact that we start Christmas music, like after Halloween now, basically on, <laughs> on secular airwaves is, yeah, we get out of balance. Yeah, we're celebrating the birth of Christ before. I mean, the church is saying, let's slow down. It's Advent. Let's meditate and prepare prepare the way for the Lord. But at the same time, it's an opportunity that we don't get the rest of the year for Christ's name to be blasted over the secular airwaves. And whether or not people are thinking about that or not, uh, at least it's an opportunity, like Father said, to uh, to take advantage of it as, as teachers, as uh, yeah, those who counsel spiritual guides. I've thought about this a lot, you know, when Valentine's Day came around and gave us a chance to talk about St. Valentine, even though Cyril and Methodius, Cyril and Methodius yeah. are, you know, celebrate that day. But, you know, at the same time, when we look at who's popular in, you know, pop culture, you know, in 2000 years, is the world really going to be talking about LeBron James and Rihanna and Jay-Z and these people? No, but and still talking about Jesus and the saints, you know, that's pretty important incredibly impressive that through history these things are still living on because we want to talk about them and we have to continue to talk about them and bring it up so uh 
Bill, pretty good question. As you're wearing a green tie on this day, someone's getting ready for St. Patty's. Yeah, I, I, I'm a big fan of St. Patrick, uh, so so I do enjoy the day. Um, and I do think it's an opportunity to evangelize, because you will run into people who think it's nothing more than an excuse to drink for a day, but you get a chance to talk about uh, a saint of courage that uh, was not afraid to stand up to all the pagan culture and to um, all the different things that he did. And, and one of my favorite prayers, period, is is his prayer of Christ before me, Christ behind me. Um, and I pray that every single day. So, And I'm Irish a little bit, so that's probably part of it. But uh, I do think it's good for our kids, even if they associate it with what we celebrated now as, they still know there was a, a hero that, that it stands for and was part of that. And, and you can't help but understand the story a little bit. So so I think there's value in it. Um, I do feel bad for St. Valentine because there's probably a lot of immoral love stuff going on that day that, uh, you know, obviously he preached against and, and wouldn't like. But again, it, it, you know, put some of that stuff in their forethought a little bit. I do remember asking you on Valentine's Day, Bill, what'd you get Mandy? Oh, you were no, like, don't do this. Uh, <laughs> don't I, do I, this. I, haven't, I haven't yet. I need to order some flowers. Oh, don't do this. St. Valentine wouldn't be proud of that either. No, no, absolutely <laughs> would not. Uh, All righty. Time to move on to topic three, saints among us. Let's talk Let's about talk the saints, about saints, among, saints us. among us. Okay, so who did you see or encounter this week that was living out God's call for all of us to live? Let's start with Bill. Okay, um, thank you. Appreciate that. Uh, actually, I'm going to say uh, a guy. Okay, so I went to uh, Junior Swio. I was helping out with the Junior Swio event this Sunday. Um, we were actually watching um, The Chosen with a bunch of kids. And I pop in there before, and I see someone in the church working on the baptismal font. I'm going to guess that you probably could guess who was in there working on the baptismal font at St. Nick's? Can you I guess? Think I could probably guess. I actually uh, sent you a picture of his truck. So, but uh, but Kyle, there's there's a guy. His name is Kyle Normandin, and he's up there. And it's Sunday, and it's his day off, and he's a busy, busy guy. And he's in there, and he's working on putting new seals in and putting new uh, things in to get the baptismal font ready for Lent um, and then some baptisms. And it just, you know, he's just one of those guys that every single time you drive by, a lot of times you'll see him up there working on something. It's late at night. It's early in the morning. It's it's all different times. And and uh, and it dawned on me. I mean, this is someone who's living out, you know, uh, we talk about stewardship. This is someone living out stewardship of his time and his skills. And he's just, anytime someone needs something at the church, he's there to help. Um he even helped us unpack the moving trucks with all of uh, Father Damien's comic books and stuff, but he's just one of those guys. And so I thought that's a, a saint among us, someone that's living out his call to stewardship and just an awesome uh, model for us. So that's Very my good, guy. very good. Well, I actually am going to piggyback on that thought process with my, with my uh, shout-out this week is the reality that so he was one of a handful of individuals. Kyle was a hand, one of a handful of individuals that um, – immensely helped with the building restoration project that we did out there when I was there. And currently, as as you guys who have listened to any of our episodes know, we're doing one at St. John's right now in Beloit. And it's amazing the people that God brings up and brings forward. And there's just so many names that I could mention of people that are giving above and beyond um, what they normally would or do. Um, you know, some of the, even just my parish staff in so many ways. And but one individual who's a retired gentleman, just like uh, I had at St. Nick's and in Hayes for that restoration, um, is Dennis Luchin, who actually is, a, well, I mean, he's not formally retired, but he uh, kind of does a hodgepodge of different business pieces as well as a little bit of farming on the side. But anyway, 
he, uh, he's been one that has constantly been kind of challenging me in just terms of reaching out to individuals. In fact, my tendency can often be to like not to like want to text someone or say, say thank you through a, even a phone call. And he's much, as a business guy, he's much more like you got to get face to face with people. You got to, you got to shake hands and, you know, you got to see these people. And he's, he's been a part of every aspect of, of the project as so, as so many have. Um, but then we actually drove up to our Pew company who was experiencing serious delays a couple weeks ago and he was there and he kind of was able to ask some of the challenging questions and put, you know, he actually <laughs> made it somewhat uncomfortable because he would say some things that I f would not necessarily feel totally comfortable. They were totally in bounds, but it was challenging the businessmen across like, the table. Get me my pews. <laughs> Basically something like that. And, uh, Honestly, like a week later, we got a we got an email from them saying this is your delivery date, and it was well. We'll see if it happens. It still hasn't happened yet, but uh, uh, it, I feel like so many of those things have have taken place because of the the efforts above and beyond that he's been doing, and he obviously is receiving no compensation from us for for this, as some people are. So um, anyway, so yeah, shout out to Dennis, uh, Father Brian. So I don't know if this is like allowed or not, but um, can I actually talk about someone who's recently deceased? Sure. Yeah. 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 Can, can I kind of give a shout out to um, maybe a literal saint? Because um, uh, just this past week, I had to go home to um, do the funeral of my great uncle. And so this is my, my dad's uncle, um, Uncle Pat, as we called him. And uh, he, was a, he was a big Navy man. He made a career out of being an officer in the Navy. He was a captain, had a few different sea commands over his uh, career. Um, but just in talking about him and hearing the family tell stories and everything, um, I just realized I'd, you know, I just admire him a lot more than I ever realized I did. Um, just some of the stories of him as an officer in the Navy, because um, uh, one of the things that was unique about him as a commanding officer is he did not just like stay in his office or in his quarters or anything, but he would actually be seen walking the ship and like talking to the sailors and encouraging them and getting to know them. And I just thought that that was really cool and uh, really Christ-like, really, because, you know, Christ could have stayed distant in heaven, but he came down to live among us and walk among us. And um, so, uh, yeah, I just thought that that was really cool. And the other cool story kind of regarding that that came up is one day they're out at sea and uh, some sailors are playing volleyball on the deck of the ship. And the volleyball goes overboard. And, you know, not a big deal. It's just a volleyball. But... Um, it was the only volleyball that they had on ship. And so when word got up to the bridge and my uncle found out, he turned the ship around and he turned it into a live training exercise. Like he told the guys, he said, well, boys, we got a man overboard. Let's bring him back. And so he sounded the alarms or whatever and stopped the ship and ran the sailors through their rescue drills to go get the ball and bring it back. And I thought that was a great thing, you know, because it was, uh, you know, again, it's just a volleyball, but like, he knew his men loved that. He wanted them to have their ball back, and he did it in a way that helped them to grow and be more experienced and better sailors. And so, I don't know, that's just kind of my, like, saint nice. of the week that I've nice. been thinking about. Man, that's an awesome story. I'll bet that's a really challenging drill, too, to find a volleyball right? in the ocean. <laughs> it's a whole lot easier than finding a pickleball. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. All right, Jeff, round us up with the saints among us. Uh, hearing you guys talk about, like, the hardworking uh, things that the people in our diocese do, it makes me think of Katie Platten. So Katie Platten works here at the Chantry with us. Uh, she's the CEO of the Catholic Foundation for the Diocese of Salina. 
and she helps every single one of us, whether it's communications or education or uh, youth ministry, Bishop's Annual Appeal, they just kicked off, and she's got a team that help her out. So, you know, Karina's in Hayes, and Heather's in Beloit, and Katie's here in Salina, but they've got roots all over, and Lori's the data manager, and, and Tori's working behind the scenes, and to see what Katie and her team do to help all of us be able to have the funds for our mission um, and her leadership. She's amazing. I love, she brings out the best of me. She just got back from being gone in Florida. I was so happy to see her back in the office. So um, she's helped me with some recent hires and just can't thank her enough for all that she does. All right, here we go. So no more pickleball, no more volleyball. We're going to go on to topic number four. We've got, um, you know, Lent is upon us. We're all trying to renew ourselves spiritually. Uh, we're going to see the grass turn green, hopefully, probably not mine, but uh, our schools have spring break. So I know every single teacher in the diocese, uh, whether they're at Catholic schools or public schools, everybody's counting down the days to spring break, except for you, Father Jarrett. Your except school doesn't have Lloyd. spring break. So, uh, But they spend time getting ready for their auction. So with that, I want to know what you guys have done for spring break trips growing up. So it can be as an adult, maybe you're young, maybe college, or maybe you don't want to talk about your college spring break trip. So Father Jarrett, we're going to start with you. Okay. Uh, I got a quick one. We actually, I think this is my sophomore year of college and I won't tell, tell the whole story, but all the parts of the story, but we went to, we went to the Grand Canyon. That was the only, the only trip I've ever been to see the Grand Canyon. And that was a memorable, yeah, one of the more memorable spring breaks for me was that road, tr road trip with a, a few guys that were like my roommates and right next door, um, sweet mates or whatever. So, um, yeah, so that was a cool trip. That's, that's a long road trip too. It was, it was. Father Brian, do you ever go anywhere for spring break? No, actually. I mean, I mean, growing up, we never did. In college, I didn't have the money to travel. So, um, you know, while people are going to Florida or Cancun or whatever, I'm like, how are you paying for this? You know, <laughs> I, I can't pay for this. Uh, so, no, actually, my first, like, spring break trip was actually last year. Um, you know, teaching at the high school, working at the high school when spring break rolled around. Me and a couple priest buddies uh, went to Charleston, South Carolina. Oh, I've um, never been there. How... It was awesome, yeah, especially if you love history, great, just awesome historical place. Um, Did you drive? Yeah, we were supposed to fly, but flights got so crazy that um, we ended up just getting in the car and driving, because um, our flight just kept getting delayed and delayed and delayed. That's a and long car ride, isn't it? Yep, sure is. Man. <laughs> but it was a fun trip. Bill, I'm going to let you keep thinking, because I know you said nothing. you got to have something well, that your family's I, playing. I can tell. Okay. I mean, we didn't ever do anything. We were kind of in the same boat. Um, and, and my parents were both educators, and my dad definitely was a principal. And so I think he was so happy to get the week off, and we didn't have to do anything, that we just kind of hung around Hayes. Now, it was great family time, and we really enjoyed that time. But then as I got older, I worked on a golf course. And so spring break would actually be our first week of getting stuff going. So we'd go clean up the entire course, rake all the leaves out, get the sand traps ready and all that kind of stuff. So it ended up being like one of my most profitable weeks. We'd work you know, from sun up to sundown through that week. And so uh, I have fond memories of, of spring break because I enjoyed that job so much and I enjoyed the guys I worked with and stuff. And so that was kind of my spring break all the way through college. But uh, um, but I also have fond memories of family time just at home, relaxed without stress. So it, it was still a good break. I just, we didn't travel anywhere to do anything. Yeah. I was kind of in the same boat growing up. Grew up with a single mom and our spring break was, she still worked. So she shipped us to grandma and grandpa's in Nebraska. So we you know, yeah. work, tell, tell, you know, 
fed cattle, fixed fence, did whatever, or tried to, whatever my grandpa tried to teach me, I guess. I probably wasn't the hardest worker. I remember he'd be like, get me the wrench. I'm like, a what? <laughs> what? What is that? But uh, I think now I did a Arizona trip, Grand Canyon, when I was in college. But last year, my uh, wife and son and I, we all went to outside Salt Lake City and went skiing. And we don't ski. So this was the first time we'd skied and we bought it at a auction at one of our schools and it was awesome. The skiing I was still terrible at and I was sore, but just being together as a family and the lodge had like no TVs. So you just, you hung out as a family and every, you ate dinner with other families each night that were there. Uh, you played Scrabble and other board games that were out and it was, it was a cool event. So this year we're going to head and see one of my wife's uh, friends from college up in Minneapolis, Minnesota and taking a Celtics game. There so you know. looking hey, forward to that. A good choice. St. Patrick would approve. <laughs> there we go. Yep. Okay. All right. Uh, so we're moving on to a uh, question from the audience. We have one today, and so we'll relay it to Father Brian. Oh, yeah. He doesn't have his <laughs> headphones on. Hello. Thank you for calling the Three Bald Guys voicemail. Please record your question or message. Jeff, Bill, and Father Jared are excited to answer your questions about the Catholic faith, life, and everything in between. At the tone, please record your message. Hello, three bald guys. This is fifth grade at St. Joseph's School in Oakley, Kansas. Our question for you is, Who is your favorite saint? Ooh, that's appropriate with what we've talked about. So the question is, who is your favorite saint? Mm. And it was Oakley again. Oakley's given us one before, right? That group, okay. Who is your favorite saint? Who's going first? I feel like we've touched on this one we've a little touched. bit in the in the past, uh, and I know Father Brian wouldn't know because he doesn't listen. No. So we're gonna have to. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I and I'm pretty sure my I know what my answer was. I know what my first answer was was uh, Saint Joseph, um, and I guess I have to stick with that because that's what I said last time. Is the reality that. Change depending on where you're at. Maybe right. give another give another one instead. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna stick with Saint Joseph. Uh, in the reality that even though he's a man of few words, no no recorded text from Saint Joseph in the in the Gospels, uh, but certainly a, a story of faithfulness in the midst of crazy crazy you know things that he would have been experiencing and the call that he was experiencing and words from mul- multiple times being approached by by angels to communicate God's will to him and just trusting in the midst of like his wife being pregnant by another source uh, than him and, or at least his betrothed. Uh, and so, yeah, just a lot of stuff that he encountered and experienced and was just a, a true man um, who was, who knew what his calling was and sacrificed much for the sake of his bride, uh, Mary, but then also uh, bringing up J- Jesus and the household there. So plus his, one of his titles, Terror of Demons. So, yeah. I mean, you got to love that too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I can go second. I'm drinking out of a St. Ignatius cup right now, but that's not who I'm going to go with. I'm going to stick with St. Patrick today just because he's on my mind. And just, you know, the, the idea of how hard we work to avoid any adversity all the time. And you look at a guy like St. Patrick who escapes the island and then he returns back to that island. Uh, I think that's just so countercultural to everybody that it's something for us to think about just getting out of our comfort zone, seeking adversity, doing what God's calling us to do. But there's a lot of people, so from an evangelization standpoint, there's a lot of people that need us to bring the gospel to them. And uh, and sometimes it's going to be uncomfortable. And so I just, 
for me right now, he's, he's really hitting on a lot of spots. So uh, I'm going to go with St. Patrick. I think in the past I've said, um, oh, St. Bosco, St. John Bosco, with what he's done for the youth and went out to teach, you know, all to make sure, you know, the juvenile delinquents in the neighborhood would, uh, would be educated. And so I've talked about that in the past, but I think um, – Recently, blessed uh, Carlo Cutis, you know, with what he did, what he's done for Eucharistic Miracles, uh, the webpage that has been set up, you know, most recent, you know, that I think resonates with students today. They can look at the picture and it's someone like, oh, he kind of looks like like I do. He's got his backpack on. He's got that red hoodie on or whatever. I mean, it's something that we would see our kids wear. And I think when you have, you know, someone who's going to be a saint like that, then that can get students to start to look into more as well. So, you know, as we are in our year two of the Eucharistic Revival, I think we're going to be hearing a lot more about Blessed Carlo Cutis. Yep, and his relics are coming to our diocese here um, after this podcast comes out. So, See, favorite saint. Oh. See, this is always hard for me to answer because I have actually so many. Um, but I did just one I always come back to is St. Peter. And I think I like... Peter a lot, because if you just look through the Gospels, um, he's constantly messing up, making mistakes, saying dumb things, putting his foot in his mouth, you know, making Jesus upset sometimes. Um, And then, you know, towards the end of the story at the Passion, you know, he denies Jesus. That was his big sin. He abandons Jesus along with um, the majority of the other disciples. And uh, um, so, yeah, in, in some ways he was he just messed up left and right, and yet he became the first pope. You know, God used him to build his church, and Peter just gives me a lot of hope for myself. How's that? Yeah. <laughs> it's good. That's good, especially since, well, today when we're recording this is the chair of Peter Day since it was moved up a day. That is true. I did so, not think of that. So that's kind of a cool deal. So Very nice. All right, so time for the mystery envelope Do we let question. him pick? Oh, yeah, there's actually a mystery envelope. Yeah. You're yeah. not just, like, making this up. No, they really... Yeah, for, for the listeners at home, they're being honest. They're, they're <laughs> the sealed envelope. <laughs> uh. It's a mystery. It's the anticipation of it. Oh, it is. Yeah. This one will be about death. We've escaped death the last few times. Yeah, so. it better be. I feel disappointed uh, every time it's not in some way related to death. Alrighty. Here we go. If you could live anywhere, where would you want to live? Very nice. All right. So let's start with Jeff on this one. Oh, man. I, <laughs> I, uh, I moved away from Salina after eighth grade and always wanted to move back. And I, I, I love it here. I love the area. Um, so I'm not looking to move anywhere, but I would like nicer weather. So I don't know. San Diego? Does that count? I've been there a few times and feel like it's a cool place, and they probably have a lot of pickleball courts, right? <laughs> so uh, Ernie Armstrong, our CFO, is from San Diego, so he's talked a lot about it before he moved to Denver, and uh, just kind of a laid-back, fun city. So, And I'm not even a big city person, so but that came to my mind. All right, Father Brian, what about you? Ireland. Ireland. Really? Uh, again, we're talking about St. Patrick's Day, but um, <laughs> yeah, I remember when I visited Ireland, I'd see these like these like rustic cottages like in the countryside with like just green fields and mountains in the background, and I just thought, I, I want to live there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I could do this forever. All right, Bill, your turn. That means you haven't made up your mind yet. Does <laughs> it? I'm waiting. No, oh man, I I love where I live now, so I'm kind of in a bow where it's tough, but uh, I've always 
and I don't know, I've never really visited there or anything, but I've always thought like Boston or somewhere that a town that has a lot of like history or something like that in the United States would be kind of cool. And so, um, and they got the Celtics, which I mean, that's always good, but you got the Red Sox that kind of takes away. But, uh, but, uh, no, I think Boston has always had some nostalgic value because of its history and all the different things that you could go around and look at has been someplace in my mind that, yeah. Nice. Nice. Yeah. So I guess for me, uh, I've just always dreamt of living in Beloit, Kansas. So no, uh, I, <laughs> I, I, I struggle with this question cause it, it's like tough. you guys have all said, uh, if we didn't want to live here, we probably wouldn't be here. And yeah, I always think, yeah, bloom where you're planted. That's where I, you're gonna grow. So, so I do. I mean, I've I've lived elsewhere for seminary. Like I, we lived in the Chicago. I lived in the Chicago suburbs and going to seminary. And I just realized I didn't like the trees because they blocked your view of the horizon. And I didn't like the the temperatures. And I didn't like you know. So I realized just how much I love where I live. I love Kansas. Um, I am an outdoors guy. So you know, the idea has always been if I were to be in the mountains somewhere. Uh, that would be really cool, but I could still, I know I would be dissatisfied with that to some degree after a while, so it'd be nice to visit, but uh, as far as where I live, I love I love the diocese. I love Kansas, so. That's good, so we're not going to lose you anywhere or anything like that? No, I'll retire here in a couple years, probably. Uh, uh, Thirty-five more? <laughs> you, 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 you just gave stats on the last one, Father Jared, about the amount oh, no. of priests who are you know, still working past retirement age. I mean, you said you and Andrew, you and Father Andrew did some type, looked at some stats. So, I mean, priests can retire at, what, 70? Yeah, at 70 now. We'll be recording these podcasts till you're 87. Yeah, it'll so be. So just get, it'll be get ready. A and long time. you'll be bald still by that time, so it'll yep. work out. Yep. All right. Uh, we've got our last topic here, calling all prayer warriors. It's time to rally the prayer warriors. All right, bald guys, what are some things that you've seen that need all of our prayers? So, Bill, we're we'll start with you. Great. Uh, there's a there's a family in Hayes that uh, there's now a dad who's going to have to raise three kids because uh, his wife passed away, um, and and she was pregnant as well. And so, um, I can I can only imagine if I had to think about raising three young kids uh, all by myself, and so I, I would ask that uh, everybody keeps his family in their prayers, and uh, that uh, you know God's grace may come upon him as he uh, raises those three young people. Father Brian, uh, I'd say for me, uh, just one of my close friends um, just keeps having health problem after health problem. Like has had health issues for years, but then just recently um, things got even worse, and just you know, not, not real happy right now and a lot of, you know, pain and discomfort and stuff. So, um, just for that guy, if everyone could keep him in prayer. Father Jarrett, what's on your heart? Yeah, I've been thinking a little bit more so, uh, even after listening to our other episodes of the year of mercy that the Bishop is doing and just the reality that there are a number of people out there, perhaps baptized, raised Catholic, and for whatever reason feel alienated by the church. Um, maybe it's that they encountered some kind of like physical, actual abuse, which I can't even begin to imagine, you know. And so to hold any kind of judgment upon somebody who's encountered that in terms of not practicing or being elsewhere is just like to me ridiculous to think of. Um, but just the, those individuals, but else, also, yeah, those who, for whatever reason, even if it's only in their own mind, the things that they hold up as obstacles uh, from returning to 
the church, returning to relationship with God in, in a profound uh, personal way, I guess they're just on my heart. And I think we have to, especially in this year of mercy, continue to pray for those those individuals. And I think that's where all of us can help. You know, at least when Bishop visits my parish, I'm going to be sure to be there. But what can I do to make sure I find someone else to bring in that maybe hasn't been in a while? Because, yes, it's it's for us and as parishioners, but also for those that, that have not been in a while. So, Bill, I think you said it today about, you know, we're preaching to the choir, but yet the choir's always all, always there. We need the choir to go out, us to go out and evangelize and bring some in. So mine would be for, for all of us, um, not just in this room, but all of us in the diocese, that we can continue with our Lenten journeys to, to grow in our spiritual lives. And, you know, we're part of the way through it right now, and hopefully you're still sticking with it and, and finding some growth growth in what you're doing. So continue to pray for, for you every day during this Lenten journey. Well, that brings us to the end of episode three of season two. Um, Father Jarrett, can you close with a prayer? Let's do it. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord, we lift our hearts in thanksgiving for all of your continued blessings, for the ways that you continue to move us, and through your Spirit, assist us in helping others to be moved. And so we pray that you continue to watch over, guard, and guide everyone within this diocese and beyond that we would glorify you in all things through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, thanks for listening. Be sure to like, subscribe, share, all that stuff, so we grow from 17 listeners to 24 listeners by next week. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs>